0: I hope it's an ebb and flow because if it's an ebb and flow kind of emotion that comes in and out, then it can be empowered and embraced and we can grow. But if it's a space that we're stuck in, that makes me sad because then we're still stuck in the narrative of the narcissist and we haven't taken back control of our health and our healing and our journey, you know. One thing that my daughter and I learned to do is to announce it. My therapist was like, you guys need to announce to everyone in the room, I am having a terrible day. I'm in a foul, foul mood. If I snap, it is not your fault.
1: Okay? When the narcissist disregards your experience for the hundredth time, ever wonder if someone in your life is emotionally manipulating you? On my podcast, we dove headlong into the signs that indicate you may be engaging in emotional manipulation. Because monkey see, monkey do, right? We all have a bit of that in us, but of course, we are not all a narcissistic personality disorder. Terry is the host of Character Outs podcasts, and she is on a mission to normalize going and staying no contact with toxic family recognizing these warning signs is the first step towards protecting yourself from emotional manipulation and remember nobody should have control over your emotions but yourself welcome back to the empath and narcissist podcast spiritual healing with human design from trauma and narcissistic abuse. Here we are empowering empaths into their powerful, authentic selves with human design and somatic healing after narcissistic abuse. This here is a tool to help you bust out of the prison of narcissistic abuse. Subscribe now and consider donating to this indie podcast to support the work we do. Terry is a survivor here to validate you talking all about the emotions of going no contact. You don't have to fix it. She is second top five toxic family podcasts on Feedspot, and she is a rock star. I give you Terry from Character Outs Podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for coming
0: on Hi. and being with me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see your sweet face again. Happy yeah. New Year.
1: Yeah, And it's so hard without having anyone really diagnose all these people in our lives. We can so easily just go on thinking they are. And then I thought, Mm -hmm. even if she was, like, I'm not going to give up on her. Like, what if? Right? Like, the worst case scenario. That's so funny you say
0: that. I've had uh, someone say to me recently, I mean, a couple things. I think that labels can help heal us because for me, I'm the type of personality where it's like, okay, if it's in a box and I understand it, I could put it on the shelf and move on and heal from it. But then we can get to a point where, like you said, we're just quickly, you know, diagnosing, so to speak. And I think there's also people want to label so they can delve into it. And I think when people get the label of narcissist, it's, oh, there's no hope, typically. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. if it's not a narcissist, then, well, maybe there's hope, you know? So I think maybe people can want to hang on to that.
1: Yeah. And it is easier in our own little selfish ways. Like, we all have our egos to deal with. So we have some level Mm -hmm. of like, well, if I just call her a narcissist, then I don't have to take responsibility for what I did. And then I don't have to do the hard work and say, I'm sorry. And then like work on our super awkward relationship now. But right, I felt, and this may be a litmus to if if someone is a narcissist or not, because I know when I, I would leave my narcissist, I would feel this like emptiness, this sadness, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think there's a difference. I'm sad that I'm drawing this line and and missing out on these relationships that could be healed. That you
0: thought could be healed.
1: That could be healed. Potentially.
0: Okay. Well, I won't be
1: doing that. And this is still what we, I think, think delusionally with the narcissist too. So like I said, maybe that's just the same thing, but I guess with family members, The logic to no contact with a toxic family. Because I feel better. If I feel better, I'm nicer. If I'm nicer, my life goes better.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the beauty. I think there's this misnomer in society that especially people who have gone no contact with their family members, that it's just, it was one fight or one thing and there wasn't the trying and trying and trying. And that is the beauty in trying because you can uncover Is it me? Do I have things to work on? Is it you? Is this even fixable? So it's beautiful at the end of it, even if you get hurt in the interim trying to fix that relationship, the person you are on the other side of trying and delving into that relationship and trying to figure it out, it benefits you either way. Even if you end up going no contact, even if you end up not having a relationship, you can stand on the other side and be like, I did everything I could do. I grew from it. I empowered her perhaps. And I can stand in my own peace very powerfully.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So it's just I love it's beautiful. That. Good point. And that's what we're going to do today. Some more introspection on a really uncomfortable topic about right. <laughs> are we emotionally manipulating our relationships to get what our inner child might really need out of that situation? Mm. So when I when I shared with you that we're going to talk about this today, what was your first reaction?
0: My first – well, remember I said to you, I was like, wait, 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 signs that I'm being manipulated? And you're like, no, no, signs that you are manipulating. I was like, ooh. And I was sitting with my husband <laughs> and I was like, listen to what we're going to talk about tomorrow. And he's like, ooh, that's good. I was like, right? Because I feel like it, it, it's such a deep subject because I feel like as empaths, we typically Well, first of all we carry the trauma from the narcissist or from the toxic person and we carry the narrative in our head and we carry the scars and so we instantly want to go introspective and say oh my gosh you know what am i doing wrong especially in my parenting like am am i being my mother right now like oh my gosh and it's just scary place to be and then it's scary when it's like oh yeah that was that was kind of like that was kind of like what a narcissist would do. And I found myself in those places where I, whether it comes from a a trauma response or whether it was what was done to me and I don't have a healthy coping mechanism and I don't have a healthy way to deal with my feelings or that moment in parenting or that moment in my marriage. And I just want to feel better. And then I find myself reacting and looking a lot like a narcissist, and it's like, ew, but the difference is, it's the self, the difference is, when you look at the definition of manipulation, and I think that that's what we really have to dig into and delve into, because the definition of manipulation is to get the outcome that we want, and usually, it has a negative connotation, so we're hurting people in the process.
1: It seems self-centered, like, at the core. Right, right.
0: Because you have an agenda. You're going for someone. You have an agenda. And then you talk about the manipulating tactics. So the gaslighting and the love bombing or the joking and jest. Don't you love when it's like someone will say something hurtful and they're like, oh, I was just kidding. I'm like, No, you weren't. Yeah. That hurt. Like, don't say I was just yeah. joking. Like, I hate that.
1: Or like the one-off phrases. I remember saying during my demon holidays, like, I was <laughs> like, I was like, that's my new name for the holidays. Hopefully it's not moving forward. Yeah, Yeah, my husband said something. Oh, he didn't have space at the moment. Like timing is everything, right? Like he did not have space at the moment for something I divulged that like I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and I also snapped. He said one thing and then I snapped back at him. Yeah, And then he was like, well, I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to upset you anymore. Like he's so kind and loving like that. But he'll say it in a way where I'm like, that means you're abandoning me, right? And so like my yes. inner child gets triggered. And yes. I'm like, well, now I'm questioning who the narcissist is. It's like, you see how <laughs> flippant we're using the word narcissist yes. around? And he's just I, like, what I know.
0: <laughs> I know. And I think maybe it's just our, you know, we're just grappling for some definition of how we're feeling, how we're behaving. This, tra- I mean, that was a trauma response that you, yeah. you had towards your husband. Wow. And and I just, I feel like, too, when you compare the two, like, we, we could tend to have narcissistic traits because we were around, especially if you were raised by a narcissistic mother or a father or a t- toxic family member. We may have those traits, but the difference is, like you said, the ability to take a step back and say, wait a second, wait a minute, hold on. And like you said, so, so to finish the story, though, tell me when your inner child was triggered, yeah. how did you come back to your husband? Did you just storm off and not talk to him all night or what did you?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he he went up to his cave and I just let him. I was like, perfect. Go up there. I need space. (laughs) And then, yeah, afterwards I apologized and I was just like, I'm sorry. I snapped. And I really needed. And I also asked him, like, why weren't you emotionally available for me in that moment? Like, I really needed just to get something off my chest. And I didn't need a fix. Which I just told my daughter the other day. You have to tell people ahead of time if you don't want to yes. fix or not. Which I obviously made the mistake right. and I did not preface. I'm just getting this off my chest. Please don't fix this for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that exactly. was it. He's, and he's like, yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't want to upset you more because you got really upset at my reaction. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I, is annoying because it's
0: like, uh,
1: st- stand up to me. <laughs> like I can handle
0: it. Don't, don't. Again, don't abandon me. Like yeah. stay in it with me, babe. Come on.
1: Yeah. But he's, he's intense. I, you don't want him to stay in it with you because <laughs> then I'll be crying afterwards. Oh, so he's very oh. wise about that. <laughs> he knows. Oh no. He knows that he needs to hold back when I'm sensitive and just give me time when I'm ready. Because yes, then he'll always I think say, that's beautiful. I, you know, I don't think you're going to like this. Like he'll always preface it. Like whenever he brings me some truth bombs and then I'm like, okay ready for it. I got it. Like I'm ready. Yeah. Otherwise, that's how your heart receives it. Yeah. Otherwise when I'm not ready, I snap at him like I did the other night and yeah, <laughs> it doesn't go well. So he's like wrong timing. She's not ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. So then when I'm ready, I'm ready. But I mean, we can so easily do this in every relationship. I mean, what do you think about the first little sign that you may be emotionally manipulative is that you constantly seek attention.
0: Mm. It's a good one. I think perhaps it could manifest itself in different ways. I know for me it's not seeking attention. It's avoiding stressful toxic situations and perhaps manipulating the environment in order for me to feel peaceful because I want to avoid that stress. You know, I mean, if someone enters the room and they're in a mood I had the tendency, and I sometimes still do, where I'm just like, you know, I don't even care. Like, what, what's your problem? Snap out of it. Like, get out of it, because I'm now taking on all that stress. Get out of it. And there's times when then the mood will calm down. I apologize. That was my phone jumping off of my chair. I apologize. Your phone um, jumped off
1: your chair because a rock just phone. hit my window from the gardener. I just Stop it. Time. At the same
0: time? Yes. What? What? I'm like, ah! Don't break my window. <laughs> I don't even care if my phone's cracked. I'm still gonna go.
1: Phone dropped at the same time. That's crazy. That is so weird. Oh my gosh! So weird. See, there's like so many energy portals, you guys. We don't even know when we open up our I video conferencing.
0: I love it. That's why I love your energy <laughs> and everything
1: about you. <laughs>
0: So then I find when the mood has calmed down and I've gotten what I wanted, right, a peaceful environment, I all of a sudden look back and go, all right, I snapped it at, at my daughter. I dismissed my son, you know, snapped at my husband. Well, I got what I wanted, but what did it but, cost me? Yeah, you know? the
1: cost. Yeah. Yeah. And it is such an immediate reaction. I relate to you where it's like, ooh, that sounds like... That came out of my mouth so familiar, yes, and it felt so bad at the same time afterwards. I don't know how many times I've apologized to my kids as I've tried to like change those manipulative ways. It's like our inner child's just like, don't, don't feel this. Don't be uncomfortable. Don't lose control or whatever this whatever you're feeling at the moment.
0: Yeah, and even now just talking about it, like my heart is racing, you know, because as as empaths when we've had a narcissist in our life you know we we want to be the antithesis of that we don't want to be anything like them and so i know that keeps me up at night like i don't know if it keeps you up at
1: night, it especially when it comes to my kids and my marriage before. yeah
0: yeah just like that fear like oh my gosh and then when you have these slip ups and you're like oh crap that really looked toxic
1: me it's me i'm the problem what yeah, i'm oh my the problem gosh. It's me But then we get to apologize. That's what makes us not a narcissist is we get to apologize and then also figure out a way to rewrite those neurons and to change the behavior patterns and to change the actions. Like that is the way through growth, growth, Yes, which is the antithesis of the narcissist. When you call to apologize to the narcissist for the hundredth time. Hey, come here. Look at me. Hey, look at me. What did I say? No. Come here. Look at me. Hey, look at me. What? No. Come here. Look at me. Hey, hey, what? Ah, you want to?
0: No. Yeah. And I think, well, to answer your original question of how it made me feel, it initially made me feel sad
1: because,
0: you know, for people who have overcome and, and, broken free of a toxic relationship, especially the oppressive and manipulative abuse of a narcissist, you know, it's a forever healing journey, and we always think that we were the problem, right? So I just... And they just, made
1: sure we knew it was us, too.
0: Yeah, oh, <laughs> 100. It still is us, P.S. Like. Yeah they made sure i mean the amount of times that my mom looked at me and was like you need serious help you're cr- you're crazy you know you're you're you need serious help and again so or or she would call me bipolar and i think what really gets me is that that a lot of times the narcissist or even just the toxic person if you don't want to put a label on it can put mental illness into one lump and have a negative connotation associated with it. And I hate that because it's like, Mm. when I got to the point of, yeah, but I'm not perfect. I'm okay with that. Maybe I am bipolar. I'm okay with that too. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. And then to use the negative phrase of being crazy, you know, just to blanket statement, if you are struggling with something or a mental illness that, oh, it means you're unstable and can't handle your life. Like, and so... It's it's a scary thing when we don't want to be like that but then we see these little pangs of being toxic. It's it's scary to embrace because it's like, "Oh, am I really that horrible person that that toxic person that narcissist said that I I am?" And so it made me sad because I I hope that it's not something that is that people out there are perpetually struggling with. I hope it's an ebb and flow. Because if it's an ebb and flow kind of emotion that comes in and out, then it can be empowered and embraced and we can grow. But if it's a space that we're stuck in, that makes me sad. Because then we're still stuck in the narrative of the narcissist and we haven't taken back control of our health and our healing and our journey. You know.
1: Yeah, and I think this question comes up because... We feel crazy already. We feel like we're taking crazy pills. And so it's like, you first ask, oh, well, am I the narcissist? And it's like, okay, no, you're not the narcissist because we just said you you apologize, you change, you introspect and all these things. But now it's like, these relationships still aren't getting fixed. And there's so much division in the world and our relationships that it's like, oh, am I emotionally manipulative? And am I doing it in a covert way? Which I think we all, like we just covered. I think we all do it to kind of get our emotional needs met at first. Yeah. And it's this practice of figuring out how to hold space and listen yeah. while not immediately reacting to get our emotional needs met.
0: Yes. Yes. My husband and I had to learn that too. And and back to your point of, I just need to get this out. I don't need advice right now. Another healthy thing that my daughter and I learned because... We're so sensitive to moods because my mother would rule the house with her mood or her stomping or slamming. So I was very sensitive to it. So one thing that my daughter and I learned, you know, because listen, I think the other thing is, too, when we're so afraid of that toxic energy and that mood, we don't want to, We can't, like, I, I would feel bad when I was in a bad mood. And then i would also be mad at anybody who was in a bad mood in my presence like you can i would deal with what was going on but if they weren't talking and it was just this toxic energy it would drive me crazy like i said so one thing that my daughter and i learned to do is to announce it my therapist was like you guys need to announce to everyone in the room i am having a terrible day i'm in a foul foul mood if i snap it is not your fault Okay, everyone here, everyone, right, right, okay, foul mood alert, mom is foul. And then all of a sudden it becomes a joke like, okay, so it takes down that tension and the anxiety in the room. Everyone knows I'm not mad at them. They're not like, well, what did I do? Like, is mom mad at me? It kind of becomes a joke, and when you verbalize it, it's kind of like, it's kind of silly. I'm being totally vile right now, but I am, and I I can't help it, and I think too being in a toxic family, you weren't ever allowed to express your emotions, right? So then when you get to this place of empowerment and you are allowed to perhaps control the mood or control the narrative or control, there's that little maybe piece of power that you're like, oh, I like this, you know, because i had been a victim for so long. Like, it feels good to be the one going.
1: <laughs> That's you know? so true. That's such a good point. Absolutely. And it's got my wheels spinning about like the open solar plexus. Those of us who feel and intensify that emotion, like we also in survival mode will try to manipulate yeah. the emotions in the room. And yes. then if you if you have that defined, like that sounds exactly like my daughters. I'm like I think we need to to implement that in cuz they take it so personal when each other are in yeah. a bad mood. And I yes. know that that child's just in her emotional low part of her cycle. Yeah. But the other right. the sister doesn't know that. So no. I love that. No. Announce it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my daughter many times walk up covered in a blanket. I'm in a bad mood. I'm getting coffee and I'm going down to my lair. Leave me alone. I'm like, <laughs> want anything?
1: Should Thank I permission to speak?
0: <laughs> permission to speak? Okay. It's fine. <laughs> be in your bad mood babe i love you see you in a little bit
1: (laughs) yeah allowing that to be okay allowing the the anger we had someone on about anger and sacred anger allowing that to be not shamed is really important yeah which will then i think i think this is maybe is the are we are we coming upon the solution to this emotional manipulation problem that we're doing all like subconsciously? (laughs) subconsciously like Allowing everyone to just have their own emotions and not try and control them.
0: Which is the root of the
1: narcissist, right? Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. I think, too, like, like, like we were talking about, I feel like the empath and the narcissist are such polar opposites. It's basically light and dark. And so to have narcissistic traits along with Empathetic traits. It just it seems very like like if you were to take a magnet and you flipped the the sides and you know you know and it won't stick. Yeah. It's it's fighting each other. And I feel like maybe we that's where we get where we can have these reactions because if you think about it, when we have these toxic reactions, whether they're trauma responses or methods of operations that we've learned in while we're in survival mode, healing our inner child, trying to control the environment so we feel better. I don't know about you, but immediately I feel the – it doesn't feel right. It doesn't snap together like peace and apology does, you know. So it's that polar fight that we feel in our souls when we know, oh, this isn't right. Like, do you do you feel it immediately?
1: Yeah, I feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is yeah. immediate. And then there's also immediate remorse because, like, you kind of act yeah. out of just that – what you – what you were taught what you grew up to do what you just always have done your whole life and yeah yeah then you're like oh okay that was i felt bad yeah and that i love the ho'oponopono prayer i feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. when i do you know that no it's an ancient hawaiian prayer and i started doing it when my kids were toddlers because they both have defined solar plexus and they're just big emotions. And I had an mm. open one and I was like, I can't handle all this emotions screwing yeah. through my body. Yeah. So in times that were really difficult, I would just say the prayer over and over as a mantra in my head. Mm. And even if they were crying or they were upset, but mm. it's an ancient Hawaiian prayer and it cleanses out all of the negativity, all of the pain and that, that energy. And beautiful. there's just four phrases you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And like you oh. said, that feels right. Sweet. That feels good. That's yeah. so sweet. What is it? So it's thank
0: you. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I love please. you. Uh-huh.
1: Please, please forgive, forgive me. me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you can say it in so any order beautiful. as long as you say those four. That's so beautiful.
0: And I feel like as yeah. empaths, you know, even that, just saying that, that flood of peace that comes over, you know, that's really what we're seeking. And so even though we might fall off the wagon and behave <laughs> yes. like the narcissist. Like
1: an AA you know? for emotional manipulation. <laughs> 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 Hi, my name's Raven, and I slipped up today. <laughs>
0: It's been 10 days since I've had a narcissistic slip up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. But that's so beautiful. I love that you do that. I'm going to write that on my heart and write it down when I when we hang up here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is powerful. And I still do it to this day when, you know, I, I have slipped up. And I can remember mm-hmm. an instance. The other night... My daughter was coughing so much. And whenever my oldest, she had a lot of colic when she was an infant. So we still have this imprinted parental response to her illnesses as like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. Yes. Because she like literally like was not thriving as an infant. And so I'm in the other room with my youngest who I don't have that response to because she was fine as an infant. And I went and I was like, I have to get her cough medicine. So I like... Mm. Ran out of the room real quick, and my little one, she, uh, like I stay there until she falls asleep because the dark mm. is kind of scary and all that. But she, and I went downstairs, I got the medicine, and she was standing up out of her bed in the hallway because it's scary to stay there. Yeah. And I just, I just said, "What are you doing out here? It's getting late. Go lay down." And I said it really yeah. sharp, yeah. and she started crying. And I was like, "Hoa prayer," like, and I apologized to her, and it's like immediately I just. Said the prayer over and over i'm like cleanse cleanse us of this energy like <laughs> we all slip up but we're not I perfect know. but i love I that that mantra to help it helps you forgive yourself it helps you the other yes. person forgive you and just the whole energy of it is really yeah. powerful
0: and i think that there's such power in that immediate recognition and the apology because i don't know about you but that's something i never got from my narcissistic mother You know, whatever I did, even if I was hurt, it was my fault, like no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so once you realize that there's power in saying I'm sorry and I messed up and for our kids to see and for our spouses to see that we're aware, because that's the thing too, right? I feel like the narcissist thinks that they're fooling everyone or the toxic person thinks that they're fooling everyone. Like, no, you're not. Like, (laughs) I I see how toxic you're being. And then when we behave in that toxic way – when we say, I'm sorry, it's it's really a, t- a time for us to embrace, which is something that they would never do. And then I remember the first, I never apologized. I, I think, I want to say till till I got into therapy and away from my toxic family. Like not even to my ex-husband, like I was a completely different person, never apologized. The only person I would apologize is to my kids when I was raising my kids. But like, you know, it was just, that's because they were my children, blah, 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 And it wasn't going to be like my mother, but like, not yeah. to my ex-husband, no way. Like I wasn't gonna. <laughs> Mm-mm. But I just remember the first moments that you know you get down and you say, "I'm really, mommy's really sorry," you know, and not make any excuses. "Mommy's really sorry. I'm sorry for hurt you. Are you okay? I won't do that again." There's such power, and I think we're so afraid to say that initial "I'm sorry." And I remember when I initially said "I'm sorry," I was like, "That was actually beautiful. That made me feel good," you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. I, I think we need to highlight, don't make excuses, which is still yeah. something we all need to work on, right? Because yeah. there is a reason behind why we did it, but it might not have still been a good reason.
0: Yeah. I think to our to our spouses, we can kind of expound on that. Not make an excuse for what we did, but like, and I think, I don't know about yours, but mine knows. There's He's like, yeah, like I did something. What happened the other day? Oh was something so innocuous, like somebody knocked on the door and I was holding my coffee and and the dog was like under the sheets and he jumped up and, and I thought it was my husband and I was like, babe, like stop and I started yelling at him, but I realized it was the dog. I was like, oh no, I feel stupid, like I just totally yelled at you and so I got out of bed and answered the door and, and I came back in, I'm like, I'm really sorry. He's like, why? It's like, cause I totally just yelled at you and like berated you, cause I thought you were pushing the covers, which is so stupid, right? But like, I immediately went into that, like, you know, you're you're upsetting me, and mm-hmm. oh, it's coffee everywhere now. Um, right. and he's like, "Honey, it's fine. Like, you don't have to apologize." For it. I was like, "No, yes, I do. Are we good? I'm sorry. I don't want. I want to be that girl. Please, you know, forgive me. I'm sorry."
1: <laughs> so good. I, I and it's nice. Do you nice, think that it's conditioned in us, like? Healthy, healthy family, toxic family, like just to find an excuse for like things that happen like that. I think we all do that, right? Everyone would have reacted just as you did, like finding the blame for who is pushing the the sheets and your coffee spilling everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. But it's not like the enlightened way to live, right? But right, because you felt bad and you said sorry. But I mean it's just so natural. We all do it. Right.
0: That's an interesting question though, to compare and contrast that to somebody who comes from a healthy family and someone who comes from a toxic family. And I think perhaps it's because we just, we don't want to be like that because we were treated like that. Like I know, even if it were momentary, you know, at that moment when I was yelling at my husband, he felt bad, he felt responsible, he felt stupid, you know? And I think maybe that's, what maybe I was feeling because I remember feeling that way. And maybe that's why I was sorry, like not, you know, like for whatever emotions that it may have stirred in him, maybe. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. So do you think that we emotionally manipulate through guilt tripping? Like the narcissist definitely uses guilt, but do you think us average Joes, do we use guilt tripping?
0: Oh, that's a good one. I, have, I think the average Joe, either, again, toxic family, healthy family, maybe does it and it's not, it doesn't have the negative, yucky, insidious strings connected to it that perhaps the actual toxic person who is behaving like that. But yeah, wait, lost. I totally lost my train of thought. Say your question again.
1: Like guilt tripping. Like, the guilt I think tripping. we all do it, right? Like, sometimes, like, I'm just thinking, like, we all are salespeople. Like, let's say we want to yes. have our family go on a vacation and they don't yes. want to go. Like, then we start to figure out how do we get them to go, right? And then there's, there's like, guilt tripping or promising something that you have no idea if they're going to get. But, hey, if we go there, this might be really fun. Yeah. Know?
0: Yeah, I can see, I can see how I've probably done that in the past. I think too, when you're trying to make a point, like, have you ever done this, like, if you're upset about something and this so like reeks of passive aggression, which is so like cringy. but you know, if something upsets you or, I used to not be able to, I'm getting better at it, but not letting things go. You know, maybe not the total stonewalling or stomping around the house, but just just this much of it, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm just going to let you know just for five minutes, maybe not for five days, but five minutes that this really made me mad and I'm going to shut you out. And my husband and I really had to work through that. And he finally came to me. He's like, you you can't shut me out. And I realized, like, I was legitimately stonewalling him. And again, I think it comes, comes back to the abandonment issues, you know, that we feel. But... Yeah, he's like, babe, you can't do that. It hurts. And when he said, it hurts, I was like, oh, yeah, I know it does. I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we've all, and like you said, though, I don't think it's attached to controlling the narrative or controlling the person, but still it is manipulating the environment to get what you want, a vacation or go out to dinner or yeah yeah i thought of it like on a on a non-negative level let's say
1: yeah or like you know i'm really into health and i want my kids to be healthy and i love like eating fruits and vegetables and trying to get them to drink the celery juice like i do and yeah i'm like ooh, well you know and i like share with them why and my husband's like stop scaring them into it (laughs) oh okay (laughs) Am I doing that? He's like, Yeah, you're doing fear tactic, just like the Christians do to try and convince people to be, you know, Christians. Oh, and I was like, like oh, I am. Like, I didn't mean to. I just, this is just the facts. He's like, Well, yeah, they may not be facts to everyone else. Like, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And on that, to your point, do you find as you're raising your children, I. I I often struggle with this whole concept because we know our kids so well, right? And we know them inside and out. We know their hearts. And so do you find yourself, like, guiding them, thinking, oh, well, of course, this is what's best for them, you know, guiding them while also empowering them to make their own choice, but also guiding them, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, is that what my narcissist mother did? Because she thought... Yeah, yeah, like she thought she knew what was best for me. You know, like what do mm-hmm. you think the key difference is in
1: ascertaining, are you guiding or are you controlling? I know, it's such a slippery slope. I love that thought process. I mean, that was the when he likened it to the whole conversion and colonization. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess not everyone's super into health like me. And <laughs> I just need to share with them. So I think I even had a conversation. I said, you know, I'm, I choose to do this. Of course, you guys don't have to eat like this, but I just want you to know that you have the option and I don't want you to feel like turned off by eating healthy when you're an adult. So, so, you know, these are the reasons I like to, you know, eat it and drink it. And when you're ready and you feel like you want to, then, you know, you're more than welcome to, and I'm ready to make your recipes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how did they receive
1: that? really well wow. and then my daughter like the next couple of days was like rejecting all of her normal things that she wanted for breakfast and so the next day I was like I wonder if she'd like I was at the grocery store these acai bowl things so I asked her and she was like oh yeah I would really like those and so now she's mm. eating acai bowl and I can like mix in my little secret nutrients for her in there oh I love and I was that. like oh my god like I just let go and I let it be when she wants and her choice yes and now she's ready
0: and I feel like that's the difference so I feel like even the term manipulation is really so broad and it is so deep in its definition and its tactics so like you weren't saying drink this celery juice or you're going to get kicked out you are you know even though your husband said, oh, you're using fear, you know. Well, I
1: was saying, like, drink the celery juice so that your acne can go away. Yes,
0: but it and wasn't like – And it seems like,
1: reasonable, but it also is very, like, fear, fear-driven, fear like, oh, if I don't drink celery juice, then I'll have acne right. for the rest of my life, right? It was, like, very right. subtle.
0: Right, <laughs> yeah, which was really sweet that you're like, oh, but but here's the thing. Your heart was in the right place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, your heart for your child was in the right place, and I think that's the – the main thing that we can extrapolate when we're like, are we manipulating? Are we trying to coerce for our agenda? Your agenda is to keep your child healthy. Your agenda was not, I want my child to do what I want because that makes me feel like a good mom. And then I can brag to all my friends when I'm on vacation that my child drinks celery juice, you know what I mean? Or I can post it on, you know, Instagram that, look, we're juicing, aren't we a great family? Look, applaud me,
1: you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like That was
0: your heart. Your heart was in the right place. And so many times we've been told to question our heart and question our gut and question our intentions. We can't do that. We have to just, I think, recenter and say, no, what, what was my motivation? Maybe it didn't come out the right way. Maybe it did come out riddled in a little bit of fear or a little bit of seemingly control. But your heart was in the right place. That's the difference. Yeah.
1: And that is the difference. I think a lot of us, our hearts are in the right place and maybe we don't have the right selling tools. And so we are yes. using emotional manipulation to sell right. something. But right. I think it always goes back to if you want transformation or if you want something to come to you, like a yo-yo or a boomerang, you have to let it go. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you let it go and you give it the choice, yeah. then it will come back to you.
0: Yeah, which you did so beautifully. You know, you weren't you didn't give any parameters, you didn't give any standards or you didn't withhold what they wanted. You know, you were just like, Here's what I think. So that was that was beautiful.
1: Yeah. And it came mm-hmm. back around because now you're sneaking things around. into the acai bowl. <laughs> now she's getting cilantro and she doesn't even know it in her body. Doesn't even know it's <laughs> Things we do. we got to put the veggies in the smoothies for our kids.
0: Oh, my gosh. My son eats so bad. It's so bad. I'm just like...
1: And now that I have the knowledge, it's not like I can erase it from my, you know, like my conscience guilty and I'm like, Yes. I just have to help them make better choices.
0: I know. Because it's like they're the number one. We, We want them to be healthy. And so while we are... You know we are having this healthy lifestyle and we're doing what putting good things into our bodies of course we're like but you have to like like you said i have this yeah. knowledge i can't unsee it i can't see yeah. it you have to do it too
1: well hey but that's also the difference of the narcissist because the narcissist let's say would eat fast food you know or like mine he would drink whiskey all day long and he would yeah. eat steak yeah. and hamburgers and i he would be like forcing me to be a like a certain weight so i had to eat salads when he got to eat steak and i would I would still drink wine, but you know, like I would not get to eat like filling yummy things because, but he got to do whatever he wanted, but I had to have a certain weight standard.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So there's the difference between like you have a good heart and you don't have a good heart about it or you're being a role model about it versus not being a role model. Yes.
0: Yes. Gosh, I'm so sorry you, you lived that. So sorry you lived that. And again, you know, the average Joe doesn't have these Thought battles in their head. They just don't. I mean, the amount of times my husband has looked at me and he's like, "Why did you respond that way?" I was like, "Hi, nice to meet you. I come from a toxic family. You come from a healthy family. You don't get it. Thank God you don't get it. You know." But yeah. he's, he's perplexed. It's like, "Why would you think that? Why? Why?" So we have these conversations with ourselves, and then we say or do the thing. And then we have another conversation when we're lying in bed at two o'clock going, oh, I shouldn't have said that. It's going to send them to therapy now. I'm a terrible (laughs) mom. I'm going to lose them forever. We beat ourselves up.
1: Yeah, we beat ourselves up so much. And I think that's the thing is like you may be searching if you are, you know, emotionally manipulative, but you can't, you can't think like the sky is falling. You're the worst person ever. If you are, cause we all yes. do it to some certain extent to get what yes. our needs met. I it's agree. just a matter of where you're coming from and if you can right. adjust and let go and be flexible to the outcome, you know, and if you're open to that, then you're okay.
0: You're yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to say that we're you're so right, we're going to be imperfect. We're going to make mistakes. It's how we handle and recover from them and you are okay. And the, just just the very fact that we're in or people or anyone is in the stage of, ooh, did that look like manipulation? Did that look like control? Did that look like passive aggression? You know, because that's that's healing and growth.
1: It is. It is. So before we close, and I want to ask you about your podcast and all of your work. I'm just going to run through this list here of emotionally manipulative behaviors. And yes. if you have one that you want to pull out and comment and then we'll transition, you can do that. So okay. I have 10 here just okay. to list. And maybe this is like a, some, a list that you can go off and introspect. Like, ooh, do I do that? Because some of us don't have the pleasure of having really like truth bomb people in our lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess, except for me in this podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: So number one, I got got one too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful, even though it's painful. Okay, great. Number one is constantly seeking attention. Number two is playing the victim. Number three Mm -hmm. is guilt tripping. Number four is gaslighting. Mm
0: -hmm. Five
1: is conditional love or approval. Mm -hmm. Number six is withholding affection or intimacy. Number seven is silent treatment. Number eight is sudden mood swings.
0: Hmm.
1: Nine, lying or deception. And 10, lack of empathy, which is interesting. It's
0: So interesting because I feel like everything you listed, one through nine, could be a trauma response and that all of us have probably done. But number 10 is a character trait.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I know it was like going through this, like on the extreme, all of these are traits of a narcissist. Right. But to your except. point, yes, all except for 10 is, I mean, you could still lack empathy if you are in a trauma response because you're thinking of your own survival That's needs. That's true. In the moment. That's true. I mean, it's, true. it's not like a overall lack of empathy. It could be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, That's but they true. are a trauma response. Absolutely. They are. I have done and like, even just single one of these them, while healing.
0: Yeah. Even just hearing them, I mean, gosh, brings brings up so many emotions. The gaslighting and the the taking away of, of physical touch, too. Like, oof, I've mm-hmm. done that. I'm not to my husband because I know what hurts because my love language is physical touch. So I'm like, guess what? <laughs> I'm, I'm take mad at that you. that away I'm from you gonna, to hurt you.
1: <laughs> yep. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to touch you. I'm mad at you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that list is interesting that you ended with lack of empathy. That one is just, it's sticking with me because even if you did every single one, one through nine, you get to the end and go, oh, you know, there's some kind of, whether it's comes from yourself and you realize I shouldn't have done that, or you have the wherewithal to either read your children read the ch- shift in their behavior, the shift in their emotions, read your spouse and the shift in their emotions, read the shift in your relationship, somehow you get the the idea that you are doing something toxic or you have someone in your life who is being completely honest and going, that was rude, that was terrible, why would you do that? So whether it comes from us or it comes from an external, the bottom line is how we receive it and if you are acknowledging that is... That is the entire battle because then you enter into healing if you are embracing, yeah, I did it. And that's okay. We've all done it. We've all, I've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have traumatic pasts. We, of course, are going to mirror and do what was done to us in some form. It just, I feel like it's kind of logical, right? Like yeah, how could we I mean, not?
1: We, we, our behavior that's automatic and subconscious is what we've, watched and we mirrored and monkeyed as children yes and and or through whatever survival mechanism you had to do in that relationship
0: Mm -hmm. right yeah and we were made to feel so guilty about when we were gaslit when we were thrown away we were made to feel guilty about it so not only the act itself it was our fault and then we do it because that what was done, that's what was done to us. It's our fault again, and so that's what I think what brought me back to back to the sadness of this overwhelming, this the main topic of it is. I just hope that we don't stay in a place of yeah. Well, I'm am ju- just like my mom, or I'm just like my dad, or I'm you know I'm just like my ex now, and I'm I'm everything that they say that I am, and there's no hope. No, there's hope because you're not alone. <laughs> Like you said, I've done it.
1: <laughs> and there's many tools and steps and things that we can do along the journey. Yes. To shift yes. out of that. Yeah. There yes. is there is a way. That's why I love to like liken our emotional intelligence journey, which I feel like it's more of an emotional intelligence journey as we're healing from all of this trauma and toxic interactions with people. Yeah. It's just like the gym. Like, you can't be like, oh, like, I don't do any of these on the list. Like, that would be the likening to like, oh, let me go bench press 200 pounds. Like, we can't do that if we've never gone to the gym and actually worked on all all the tools and exercises to get us to to shift everything in our behavior and our psyche. Yeah. Not, not even so much psyche, but it's just like the mirror neurons, like these subconscious, yes. automatic stuff. And if you don't mm-hmm. actively engage to change it, then it, it won't change.
0: No, absolutely. And so it's grabbing hold of it, recognizing it, and changing it. And to your gym analogy, I always say that because we come from a toxic past and toxic and oh, this emotional abuse, we've had access to equipment at the gym, per se that the normal Joe <laughs> didn't have, so yeah. we do have this strength, and I like to look at it like that. I don't like to stay in that, yeah, I, I have a toxic family, and it's just how it is, and here I am, and I can't do anything about it. That can't be where our story ends, and and our trauma responses, and our, our MO, it can't. that can't be where our story ends. Our story needs to continue, and Embracing it and growing, and just to, just realizing that yeah, we're not perfect. We're not the horrible villain that our whatever talk, whatever has been told to us as a child. We're not that, but it's it's okay to be a little toxic. And what matters is how we handle it. So, yeah.
1: I think that's what they call being human, right? right? Yes, <laughs>
0: which we were never allowed that. to be. Never allowed to be. <laughs> mm
1: yeah you yeah, had to there is a beautiful thing,
0: up. and I feel like too, I feel like we are in just this society of perfection, right like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can't be down, you can't have a pimple, you can't you know everything on Instagram is perfect, everything everywhere is perfect, you know we're not gonna post the picture of us, you know with the messy house and the kids screaming in us, you know being gaslighted gaslighting yeah. our kids into the vacation. <laughs>
1: Like, <laughs> Unless you want to go viral and everyone hate you, then right. do that. <laughs> right.
0: But there's no real vulnerability expressed out there. It's just, nope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. There's perfection out here. And so then when we deal with these things, yeah. it's like, I'm the only one. I, I'm the only one who's felt this way. And no, you're not.
1: Yeah, you're not alone. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what your goal is for your podcast, too, that you're trying to help people feel not alone. Tell us more about that. Yes. Thank you. You're so
0: sweet. So, yeah, when I was, my eyes were opening to the fact that I had won the Toxic Family Jackpot. I just, I felt... (laughs) I oh, felt so alone and so villainous. And all of the advice that was thrown at me was, oh, it's just your mom. Like, you have to fix it. Oh, it's your dad. It's your brother. It's your family. How can you walk away? And, and here I was completely broken and knowing that I had done everything that I could do, knowing in my heart that I had done everything I can do. And so my therapist told me to start journaling so i began okay. journaling and i, I was always wanted to ask knew, you how
1: did you discover or come to that conclusion that the one or the other was narcissistic
0: it was my therapist my therapist really kind of opened my eyes so beautifully and gently and she at one point said you know you can't ever have a relationship with your mother right and she said this years ago even before she kicked my kids and i out of the house. I mean, she said this years ago, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Like, that? that's not possible, no. You know? And then, yeah, just slowly when I started creating boundaries, I was so afraid of her, mm-hmm. just so scared at the beginning of my healing. Like, I can't set a boundary. I can't do that. It's so scary. And so my therapist encouraged me to write everything down. And you know how that is when you start, you know, it's kind of Pandora's box and you start opening everything and leaning into emotions and Oh, I, 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 that happened and I didn't make it up and wow, that was really crappy and wow. And then you learn, you learn there is such power and healing in, in education and educating yourself on what is happening. But I still felt Especially alone. with
1: the narcissist, right? Because that's yes. their power is confusion and smoke yep. and mirrors. Don't, yes. don't learn about this.
0: <laughs> don't Yes. Know don't know my and tools. even, yeah. And so I just, I started writing and journaling, which I'm not a journaler. Journaler. <laughs> that sounds weird, but I'm going to say it. So I kind of scoffed at the at the notion that I was going to journal, but I did. And it turned into 10 years later, kind of a book. And I was like, I got to get this information out here because my biggest thing was...
1: Did you write a I book? I felt
0: so alone. Well, no, it turned into the podcast because oh. my daughter started a podcast herself and I was like, gosh, you know, I mean, maybe someday I would write a book, but it's right now, I was like, it's a podcast. I can get out there and actually talk and let people know. I wanted people, if if someone would have told me, it's okay, you know, because I, I, I didn't even, I hadn't even discovered Dr. Sherry or anybody out there talking Not about toxic Not even Dr. Romney? I, had, I had nothing.
1: Yeah. Wait, what, what I, year I, was this, though, that...
0: Well, you this discovered... was 2013. Okay. So it was probably out there, but I was in the fight of my life being discarded yeah. by my family Not and like going now. through a divorce. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it, again, it probably, and had I maybe had a therapist who was really educated and could have given me those she'd give me some resources. But overall, I felt alone. I was like, I'm going to make it my mission. I don't want mm-hmm. anyone to feel alone. And so my platform is just embracing All of the black sheep out there who have done everything—you have the tools, you have the skills, you've read the books, you've listened to the podcasts on how to fix it, you've done the healing yourself, you've drawn the boundaries, you have gone low contact, and now you're at the point of no contact. And what I want to say is, it's okay. It's okay. Keep walking. You're going to be okay. You're not going to mess up your kids. You're going to be okay. So I talk about all of, but it's an emotional journey. I call. The, the no contact journey is emotion. It's, it's emotional. You're still sad. You still feel guilt. You know. You still miss your parents. You still miss your family. You still deal with, emo- all the emotions of the no contact journey. So that's. I just want to find everyone and go. It's
1: okay. You're not alone. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It can feel so isolating. You're right. Because yeah. pop culture, normal culture, and it's good to think like. What we were talking about the beginning. It's good to try your bestest, right? To give it, yep. give it your all, Yep. and then you'll still grow and learn. If the end result is no contact, yeah, yeah, you,
0: you have to because just because you go no contact doesn't mean you your family disappears. I mean, your family, mm-hmm. you, your, your your family's in your DNA. It's in your core, your memories, your your everything. And so whether mm-hmm. They come into your dreams or a thought or a smell or a a photo or or a mutual friend, whatever it is you can't you can't escape it. So yeah. the whole you know, yes, I had this toxic past, but that's not where my story ended they've they've taken enough and so now I just want to empower everyone to keep walking and keep healing and stay on the healing journey so mm,
1: that's beautiful yeah. And again, it's called Characters Out Podcast. Am I saying that right?
0: Character Outs.
1: Character Outs. See, yeah, I switch the S. So I know. It happens a lot. Yeah, a lot. You can search that <laughs> and also the link to that will be in the show notes. You guys can just pop on over thank there you. and check out our podcast. Additional support. Thank you, Raven. Yes.
0: Thank you. And thank you for all you do. I admire your light and your platform and all the people that you're healing and So
1: thank you. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Calling all impasse on their healing journey. Are you feeling overwhelmed by triggers and stress from narcissistic experiences? You're not alone. And I'm here to offer support. Join my free recorded somatic healing workshop today and reclaim control over your well-being. The workshop highlights include tailored for you dear empath to ground to move out the stress out of your body somatically techniques to navigate your triggers and empowering rituals and meditations that guide you through including a sage clearing ceremony so grab it for free it's in the link in the show notes. please consider leaving a tip to support this show as i have so many offerings i'm giving away for free Thank you so much for tuning into the end of this podcast episode, being an empath member here in the community. Please share this podcast episode on your socials or with a friend, spread the power and spread the love. I need your help. Please rate and review my newest book Empath's guide to rising strong, a human design Guidebook. You can grab your free version. If you have Kindle unlimited, you can read and review it there through Amazon or grab your beautiful paperback copy on Amazon today. When you review and tell me it's done, I will gift you a complimentary 30-minute human design reading or healing coaching session. That is how important these reviews are to me. My goal is to get to 50 reviews by March and then 200 by the summer. Please, please help me out. We are at about eight or nine. Be sure to listen to the Empath of the Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback on Amazon. It is a profound exploration of my journey in healing, providing you with tools for healing as well, including EFT tapping. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, keep your unique light shining.